All right. Right on. Thanks, Rick. Been a pleasure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We are here in beautiful South Miami Beach. I'm here with a very valued, very close friend of mine, Fester, and a little bit about Fester. Not only is he a close friend of mine, but he's an up and coming songwriter and singer, and he's a public speaker. But more than anything, you're a visionary that really. It seems like you, you're a visionary that really wants to kind of revolutionize the world by giving back to the community. And one of the main ways you're doing that is through your music. So, 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 so yeah, it's, so here's the thing that I realized when I was, when I was probably about 22. I had a 100 mile an hour car accident that almost died. I actually drove away from the accident. No one was harmed in it, including myself. Thank God, I came to spinning out in the middle of the road. And I mean, it's actually quiet right away. No cops, no, no DWIs. I was blacked out. I'm surprised that you just like 100 miles an hour. Most people, it's just like they're they're scraping you off the pavement. Dude, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. I'm, I, I could have been So that's kind of the laws of like, I'm at these Marcus seminars and stuff. Uh, but I don't really care that much about money because to me, a good life, the things to be grateful for are. Like, I, I appreciate the kind of things, but what I recognize in this moment, all of this beauty around me, I, I own it because I'm owning my experience. I don't need to own the, the tangible, touch it properly to recognize that I get the value of my being You would rather have the values than a Ferrari. Exactly. I, I personally think the kind of money Ferrari costs. Like, I would have fun. I would too. Who, who wouldn't want to do that? But to actually buy what we wanted to do, that could do so much better in the world. And I don't judge anybody who, who decides that that's what they would pay Sure, sure. But for me, I'm, I I take refuge in simplicity. I think simplicity is underrated. That's funny you say that because I was just reading a quote last night that says the people who have the richest life have the simplest taste. You say go around the world, you could be traveling the world and I assume that you, you want to go out and you want to travel and just really get to experience life in that way. But I've been to Honduras, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Bermuda in some places where you, it seems like you look at a place, right, and you say, man, these people really need some help. But, and how can I give back? But the more you dive into who they are, and you get to just be really present in the moment, you look at them and say, you know what, they're some of the happiest people in the world. Like, they appreciate a warm meal. They appreciate a roof over your head. So, like, tell me a little more about Americans are very ungrateful. Whether, whether Americans want to accept that and own that or not, we are very ungrateful. There's a lot of reasons behind it. Personally, I think it's because of our pop culture and the kind of uh, the kind of messaging we get from the mainstream media and media in general. Because let's face it, even in the internet uh, marketing, it can get very much uh, shiny objects trying to, to lure you into this uh, this better than 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 kind of life. You don't want this life to be mediocre. And, you know, there are some people out there, there are some people who have it so bad and there's some talent that are so bad that mediocre is actually doing pretty good. 
Okay. So I guess why music? And so kind of this whole amount of car accident made me realize my grandpa was a preacher, right? Okay. And he taught me all about Jesus and, and beyond like the 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 what you call the dogmas of the church or whatever, like you know, understand my grandpa's a preacher and I more than just went to church with him. I had a personal deep relationship with him over the course of my life. And so for one one reason or the other, I really respected the hell out of him. I would say in many ways that both of my grandfathers, one's a preacher and the other one, he's not a preacher, but he's he's also a spiritual guy who read the Bible among other uh, spiritual literatures. Um, how does it feel like it seems like you just have like a very positive energy. You just have a lot of energy. And these it feels days. In a, in these days, and it feels like now that you've come all this way, like would you say those two men, your both your grandfathers, are like your biggest inspirations, and in how you became who you are today? I would. What I would say is that they gave me the foundation early in life, like early, early. Like by the time I was five, six years old, I was out working in the garden with my. My grandpa, the preacher, right? Sure. And my dad was young, and he was kind of age right and stuff, and he'd sleep into the afternoons. And this was being uh, said to me at a very like five years old. My grandfather was saying to me, he would, I would work, he'd point and say, your dad's still not out of bed. He lives in my house. My dad lived in, in, in a second house that my grandpa owned. God, he said, what would he do if I died today? because he's completely dependent on him. And so if my grandpa were to die today, what would my dad do? Because he cannot, cannot, he is not willing to get out of the bed, What, whatever you want, what do you want to use? He cannot, he will not, he's hung up, hung up. He's addicted to drugs and drinking. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of family, um, all families have their own baggage some kind of way. There is no such thing as the picture perfect family. It only exists in the snapshot. When you go deep into that, there's always dysfunction. The idea that it was a toxic relationship, a dysfunctional family, life is messy. Sure, I agree with that. So he taught me about Jesus, and I really respected Jesus. I did not, I can't tell you that I believed everything that he did, but he'll stick a cram it down my throat. There were times when we'd go back to and he'd just say, there would come a point where he'd say, look, look, it's just what, this is what I believe. And there are certain things that in his house you will respect. This is his house. He, he built the house himself with his own two hands. And there are a couple of places when you walk through the front door, there is a Bible theory under the door. So anyone who walks into this house is walking on the door. And what I realized when I had this hundred mile an hour car accident was that you know, I'm 22 at this point. There's a period where I got separated from the family. I'm in a town called Manchester. Like right, right by the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, I'm like right 45 minutes from Gotcha, gotcha. But I was about 12 when I moved to New York. Actually, I'm from in West Virginia, but even by 12, I'd already been like halfway around. I'd seen like the southeast case. Sure, sure. So I moved to this town in New York. Uh, I was 12 years old. It was a terrible time when my mom decided to leave. That's like right when she released it. 
I didn't really get along with her boyfriend. One thing leads to the next, and I've kind of sort of become rebellious. I don't have the men in my father, the men in my family, my grandpa, my uncles, my, my brother. My, my I was I was a straight A kid all the way up until I moved to well, I'd say real Would you essentially say that the moment that you moved to New York, it kind of like things, would you say it took time for the worse in that respect? Or at that time, I would have said it was, it was started, it was a turn for worse, depending on how you looked at it. I was also like venturing into it. I would basically have been in the world when I was 12. I, was, I got kicked out of my house when I was 12. First time. And this is like a very good thing. So, I once that happened the first time, it didn't matter that she let me come back because the minute she kicked me out from that day forward, it was I cannot trust my mother. I cannot rely on. I cannot. I cannot depend on her to give me a safe environment because she moved me in with this guy, and it turned into this like stuff. I don't have problems with the guy at this point or whatever. Like it was very obvious. Depending on how what anyone in my audience or your audience may hear me say, understand. I was 12 years old, this was 20 years ago. We had a lot of people sorted out, so we had a lot of distance of time for anybody to see that. Well, at the time, I thought I, I really despised my mother for her decisions and she didn't really care for, for his family. He really was trying to help her and also, you know, they were doing what they thought was the right thing. What I've learned is forgiveness. It's important. That doesn't mean I'm saying when I forgive somebody, it doesn't mean I'm saying that what they did was okay or right. And I'm not I'm like not like like excluding that. I'm forgiving people for me because I cannot walk around with that baggage inside of me of hatred or anger. I, I can't do it, especially as a woman. That's been the, that's been the issue. More I've let go of the bullshit, the happier I've become. The, the more money I've made, the more friends I've made. Because what I didn't realize when I got sober at 27, I started like purging stuff out of me. I was a 12 year old trapped in a 27 year old body because I was still so hot. And that that was what I call a psychiatric guy. Which I completely disagree with. I despise the whole mental health institution. I know some people really believe in it. They really think it's a good thing. And I don't like the same thing. Those people are trying to help each other. I just disagree with trying to solve people's psychological issues that are in the And the reason is because I am proof. They say, they told me bipolar disorder, you may never be able to function without medication. But I would tell you, if I had a mental illness, it would have been schizophrenic. That I gave myself that diagnosis after I studied the problem. It's just plenty of children. Well, so, 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 uh, 300 years ago, what we call schizophrenia today, 300 years ago, that would have been referred to as a shock. That would have been the tribes that would have been the wise man. Okay, like essentially like the Oracle at Delphi and like three <laughs> Greek culture. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> We just had like a heart-to-heart -heart moment. So, so why music? Well, you know, my grandpa taught me about Jesus. He tried to steer me and show me, you know, beyond just Jesus, like, dude, don't get your life all wrapped up in drugs and alcohol. And I, you know, I was a musician as a young man. I love rock and roll for whatever reason. My dad was into it, you know, whatever. 
And he told me, it was kind of like an old thing in the 60s. I don't know anything about this, the band kids. There were some others that, like, the church is kind of protesting. There was all this, well, the, the, the civil rights and all the 70s, 60s, 70s, the, what do you want to call it? The revolution. The revolution and, like, how the baby boomers, like, flushed all the value. Right? Ex- 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 exactly. They at least gave us some good ass Exactly. Would you say that from a young age, your vision for who you wanted to be, who Fester wanted to be, was a musician and really have that, have music as a kid, essentially, be an outlet for you. But then the more you started getting passionate about music, did that grow and just say like a vision or say like business opportunities and maybe like ways that you want to get back? And over, over, over years, but like in the beginning, probably my reasons were not exactly pure in the beginning. I really loved music, um, and I grew up in the church, so you know, I was, I was, my grandpa played guitar, grandma sang, maybe normal at, at the house to see, you know, them playing and singing together, they play and sing in church, and all this stuff. I took, started taking piano lessons as like five or six, I didn't stick with that, but I took on the guitar. I mean, my dad told me, he said, you ever heard Cover the Rolling Stone by Dr. Wilcox. You gotta check it out. So, me and my dad covered this song. Yes, with long haired country boy by Charlie Daniel. You're trying to sell me. Keep going, keep going. So, yeah, I got into music. I did think that he was a Obviously, like, you young man. My grandpa, he taught me, I don't know if he taught me this or if it was something he picked up or what. Sure. He taught me like a lot of this like gender kind of stuff, or like the religious kind of way that, that uh, man and woman, they are, they, yes, they are equal, however, they are different. Uh, marriage, I guess you would say. For that, like, there is a certain way that that is to operate. to be functional, and not just functional, but um, would be harmonious with everybody involved. But if both people don't understand, if the man and the woman don't understand their goals, it doesn't mean it's like trying to bust each other in because we're we're like every game there's a gang. It's really like kind of understanding the depth of it so that you know how to maneuver with it when this one shifts and can shift around with it. So with respect to your your mindset, because I I can just like feel your energy. You have a lot to talk about. First of all, you know. If, if it's my understanding, this is this is your first time ever being on a podcast. Like, yeah, it is. Welcome to the Dominate the Real Experience, man. Like, we just jumped right in it, and I feel like you have a lot to talk about. Like, you're a person that really likes to get deep and just form like just like a bond, like just right, forge yeah. a lifetime connection. Like, yeah, I don't. I get I get kind of annoyed. I don't like going to bars and stuff and chatting. I don't really like talking as much as I love music. I don't really like talking about what's happening. Media, the new song, the new show on TV. Yeah, I like some TV, but I really don't watch that. I love Batman. But I don't like surface level communication. Yeah. And that's a little bit of a flaw of mine in a way. Sure. Uh, because it, it kind of. So the people that meet me, they're always like really uh, moved or like, it, like I create like a real present moment. You, you see less people. We are out of dinner. Absolutely, especially too when we were eating dinner last night. But more than anything, it was like Sanchez. I felt like you really, for me, when we had a night, we had a really we talked for like two hours. We talked so. for two hours, and 
I'd love to hear more about your vision, but more than anything, it helped me in a way also because you really helped me to try to get clarity on where I wanted why to, you to yeah, why, why do I want to do this? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, fuck, like, I don't have all the answers right away. <laughs> but at the same but at the same time, it's good feedback. And one of the things that we learned with Jason Capital here in, in beautiful Miami Beach is environmental investment how you're putting yourself out there to the point where it's almost like a sink or swim because you're putting your story out there and like I, i'd love to dive in with you a little more about like what are some of your like big projects what are some of your big goals and visions there but i feel like you would have never had the motivation you would have never had that spark that wow, like this could be a big blow up. This could be a vision that people could really get behind and revolutionize the world in that respect. But like you would have never figured that out had you just sat at home at a computer Man, trying to- Man, I've been all over the place. Like I've been studying internet marketing for years. I don't even know, I couldn't tell you how many sales letters I've read in my life, how many email copy things I've read, how many times I've invested in like, you know, dating psychology products or business products. Well, like, like I started, I became a landlord in a trailer park, right? It's not exactly my proudest moment, but I kind of became like a slumlord in a bicycle. I didn't have a car. Most of like, you can't become a landlord, you don't even have a car. So I did it on a bicycle and I trucked it half a mile across town and I, I grew it where I had a few. I, I made money. I made money. Within a year or two, between that, working as a waiter, bartender, the other stuff I had going on, I was making more money than I had ever made. And I had never been. It was a weird moment because I had suddenly broken through this barrier that for maybe 10, 15 years I had not hit before, which I think for me was $1,500 a week. And like, people are like, after six figures, like, for me, I felt like I was going rich. Well, like really, and there are reasons. I was living in a foreclosure. I stayed in my buddy's basement for a couple of years. Like I was able to stay. I had good people that were really comfortable with each other. And were you still creating music? Were you still like writing songs and thinking about bigger picture stuff? So while that was going on, I was actually also starting to, because I'd been writing music for years, but I'd never really gone out and actually sort of put myself out there. So I was doing it locally. Um, which, by the way, is rated one of the top 10 parties in the country for like 10 or 15, 20 years or something. I played it. Book me now. I'm sold. Uh, <laughs> so um, I didn't really know. I So I, I was like, okay, I know I can play, but I don't have much stage experience. So I started getting some stage experience. And then I said, well, how do you turn this into a paying thing? How do you, especially original music, how do you build a ball? So I got really obsessed about how, and after like a year or two of doing that, that mostly as a hobby, I suddenly realized like how is actually not that difficult. How is pretty simple. It's it's like I wouldn't even say why because I didn't understand. I was trying to understand it, but I really had not dug deep enough in my why, and so like like I finally figured out why. Like what I've told you about, that only came to me in the last two months. Even though I would say I saw some of that 10 years ago, I also forgot it. So George, I did it what? So it took until just now to even know the bigger picture that we talked about. I want, before you get deeper into like the big projects, like I just want a real moment, like 
like why why are you doing what you do right now and in that two months that you got like how did you how are you able to instill a positive mindset and the purpose that like this is my business so 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 why here's what i'd say why music that's the big kind of we've been talking about this and keep trying to bring it back to it is that my grandpa raised me with these values and this and that and so i realized when i had the 100 mile an hour accident he had told me everything i needed to know to have not ended up in that situation from not drinking and driving but also from making better financial decisions from from i had to treat my mother better or, or like there was a lot of things that i didn't listen to but i i was more concerned with being a rock star. I looked up to it. And also, you know, the psychiatric system helped to create an addiction. I became addicted. Like, they're giving me pills and then telling me you're addicted to drugs. Like, they're coming. And the pills that they gave me, the medications, I'd fucking crush them up and snort them. That's what I did. Not all of them, but I definitely have snorted with them. I've snorted so well. I don't know, some of the other ones. They, they, sometimes I come in hostile and they strap me to a bed and shoot me in the ass with an Ativan, Haldol. I don't know if I ever had Gorazine. I had one shot that was so potent that I started to lose it. So, you know, when that happens, it's like, dude, you're telling me to get off drugs? And I fought it for a long time, but as I got older, I started to get kidding me. Like, you guys would do that just if I thought angry? I'm not angry as fuck. And I like doing drugs. I threw them up, spit them out, stole them, but. Whatever, let's get it going. Like, and that kind of became a shifting point because they could no longer, uh, they couldn't bully me, bully me around by, I'm going to keep you in here. Or gonna, I wasn't scared. It actually became me as well because they wanted me to sit, go to sleep, calm down, be like, I can't. People have me so much. The only, do you want me to go to sleep? I'm telling you, you have to go get the money. Not, pretty good a couple times, they, they actually got it and they didn't fight me at all. I rolled up and gave me shots. And Alice was afraid, like, when's going to be the pill or the shot that kills me? So back to this, this car accident, because this is important, why music? I valued the opinions of celebrities and entertainers who I did not know and frankly did not know me, and I'd say don't really give a shit about me anyway. So I did my own grandparents and my own family who was extremely invested in my well-being, whether they... You know, you essentially you were looking outside in the world to look for the role models when really they were there the whole time, but you just weren't able to see that. Yeah, you know, so, and if you come from like me in West Virginia, it's coal mining town. There's a lot of real poverty and, and like real pain and suffering. Like, like we're not talking about having a tough time. We're talking about like the only reason some of these people you don't know anything about the history of coal mining. You need to look up a documentary for what it's called. Uh, it's not like yeah, look it up on YouTube. Just look up the history of coal mining, mining and studying into it because it's more than just the mining, it's the culture of the injury. There was like child slavery and stuff, basically child exploitation. Uh, there was racial stuff involved with the whites and blacks, which got separate from each other because if they were to find out how much they were both getting, they'd rise up, and that's what they did. They rose up. Sure, West Virginia seceded from Virginia during the Civil War. Not not for only racial reasons, like it's it's very complicated. But I cared more about the, uh, I used to say I trusted people who I didn't even know, or trusted the people who had been there with me the whole time. And that's a great illusion. I realized after this car accident too, was I had burnt my, my candle both in, both in. 
three jobs at a time, sleeping in my car. Like, like I was a hustler, dude. Even if I, I had jobs, but I would write my own schedule where I could have two or three jobs on top of each other and still be studying in my off time and journaling like a man. Like, I had a stack of journals, like 20 journals or something. Because uh, I wanted to be a songwriter, but I also wanted to understand my thought process. Mentally ill or whatever the fuck, and I'm mentally ill and I'm addicted. I don't know. I, I was kind of under the idea maybe I had a drug addiction by like 15 or 16. But it's been weird because, like, when I've met some, some drug addicts or alcoholics, they're like, I've been divorced three times, I've had DWI, whatever. And you're doing this shit like super young. Yeah, they're like, you can't relate to me. I don't, I don't know. The irony being that I would walk up in my first sight for a time, I was going to fall But the thing about it, Addiction is it has nothing to do with, with whether or not you can go to work. There are plenty of functioning addicts in the world. Plenty of them. They're everywhere. What makes an addict an addict is that when you use it, you have a craving for more of it. And I think to some degree as creatures, we all have we all have an addiction of some sort. We all have an, a mental illness of some sort. It's about learning how to use those things. And you know, if, if we focus on gratitude and, and, and how we can give instead of looking to the external, because that's really what I think addiction is. I'm looking for something outside to fix what's going on inside. But if everything's going on right inside and then I'm, I'm cultivating the good inside first, then I get out. It's a completely different experience. It takes a while to do it. Like, it doesn't just happen. You're going to do it the first time, and you're going to see it. You're going to do it over. six years ago, 23 or four years after being so I got asked to come talk to somebody about how I used to be how somebody's helpless and now you're giving them the inferior guide. You're, they're, you're essentially the light at the end of their dark tunnel. If they die, they actually die. Because when they came out, they didn't think they needed help or they didn't want, they didn't want to ask for help. They wanted to do it themselves or whatever. Asking for help is very hard. Swallowing your pride is very hard. Hard to admit when you're wrong. It's very hard. I don't understand why it's so hard, but I got to admit, I went through all that myself. I've learned, you know what? I hate the welfare state, but I hate plenty of fucking people. And so do with that. It's almost like social conditioning. The man has to be this masculine, overly machismo guy that has to do it himself. And you get, it's almost like you get wired to have to do everything yourself. When there are so many people who share the same problems and share the same struggles but have become successful in that. And it's like, why not try to reach out to those people? You never know. There are people out there that are that want to get the story heard. So what I'd say is, is yes, we don't have to do everything ourselves. If you're not helping yourself, you really have no right to have to ask for help from anybody. So 
Okay. But sometimes you have to learn how to accept help from other people in order to even learn how to help yourself. So it's, I don't. I'm not planning to be any kind of fucking guru that knows anything and everything. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, 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 you know? Um, but, you know, that, that's what I kind of noticed, that not just me, but then I also realized people in general seem to look to like the car dash against the Corey Taylors of the world, the Aaron Lewis's of the world, you know, and the Jason Capitals of the world, the Ty Lopez's of the world, and respect their opinions more than they respect their own families. And so it's like I already love playing music. So in a nutshell, that's kind of why, 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 why go to such extremes to play music, especially that gave up a nice perspective. A lot of money and very safe, stable life. And now I'm now living on the credit card because of all the investments and chances of risk I've taken. And I've got myself in a, a little bit of a pickle that I'm not too stressed about because money comes, money goes. I'm alive and I could be dead. I, logic and reason are good things. But when you say I had a 100 mile an hour car accident and drinking and driving pitch black, blacked out drunk, there's no logical reason to that. I survived it. And I'll tell a little bit of a, a detail there. As I was kind of like in and out, you know, I prayed a very simple prayer, something like, if you, if, if you get me through this shit, I'll try to turn my life around. Something like that. Something like that. Very, sure. very honest. My relationship with God is very fucking honest. Like, some of my prayers are like, God, what the fuck? If you're trying to fake gratitude and fake love for God or Jesus or whatever, it's, it's fake. You'll feel it and you'll know it. Like, after the prayer, you're like, I, I could have. When you analyze and reflect on the moment, you, you realize that God really just asked him. Yeah, you know, and I'm talking about Jesus and I'm talking God and religious stuff. But like, I respect the teachings of the book. I don't know how much about Islam, so I try not to talk about it. Sure. I would, I would say there are some things happening in certain countries that make me think if that's, if that's the end result, then I'm suspicious. I mean, there are periods in history where you can say that about Christianity too. I mean, I don't know. My history's a little bit kind of weird. Except that I know about the history of coal mining. And the health of poison stuff. Uh, and I kind of, kind of know stuff. I kind of know a lot about a little or a little about a lot. You know, you know some things. You know some things. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Sure, sure. And but not too many. Gotcha. You're a specialist. You're a specialist in your knowledge. No, but all things aside, we, we talk a lot about mindset. The um, for all of this time and working on the uh, working on the grapevine is you're coming out with some new albums, some new music right now. Tell me a little more about that. So right now I'm in the process of recording my first album. It's gonna be a solo project by myself. Music, all of my music was written to perform with a band. I've just not managed to get the right circumstance to be able to put that project together. So I'm gonna record all of the songs in a solo meaning, more intimate being acoustic. Thing. Um, and album one's going to be out sometime in the next in the summer. I don't know exactly because the dates are kind of fun. Um, I've never done this. I understand. I've written a shitload of songs. I'm sitting on probably three albums worth of material easily. Uh, it's just a matter of getting it recorded. That's not the fun. I've got some marketing people around me. I know marketing people pretty well myself. Uh, I know how to tell me of that. So, album number two is going to be a little deeper. It's going to have a book that goes with it. You know, it's gonna, I will tell you how it comes out. The album is going to be called Cry for Help. Its lead single is going to be called Cry for Help. And the book is going to be called 
cry for help, where I talk about all of my charity philanthropy give back projects more deeply. And the, the, the point of the cry for help being that these things are so fucking big, I have no idea how to throw them off. I'm very confident in Jason Capital. And Jason Capital's tribe of, of email income experts and Instagram marketers and all that, that because a lot of his tribe actually wants to be marketers. I, I say this, I find it interesting. Uh, and I frankly see that the whole the whole songwriting thing is copyrighted, which is kind of confusing to me. There's so many copyrights. Tell, tell me a little more about that. You, you got me hooked now. They 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 don't listen to rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like rock and roll fueled. It was like one of the things that propelled one of the biggest revolutions in history. I'm talking about the shit that happened in the '60s and the '70s and Woodstock and all this. And I don't know, like, I, I, I get it with, like, uh, with whatever, like, EDM dance music. I, I, I respect music. All of it. But somehow, the world of metal music and, and country music, it doesn't get the respect it deserves. Uh, if you look at the Grammy Awards, they, I don't hardly ever hear about metal music anymore. And I don't know exactly what the reason is that. I'd say that part of it is that it comes out very aggressive a lot of it. A lot of it screams. But if people would slow down and listen to what the hell they talk about, it's not, it's not bitches, it's not money, it's not drugs. It's not my bling bling or, the, or my fucking whatever dumb shit. It's like, it's like we're talking about humanity and respect and spirituality and God. Like, like, I'll tell you a line from, from give, give me an it's called yeah. The End of All Things to Come by Mudbuck. The guy says, uh, Jack Gray, he says, stop talking and negotiating your feeble attempts toward world peace. Give me a fucking break. You need a worldwide genocide, a planetary suicide. When the whole damn world's dead, there's your fucking peace. It's deep. I mean, I'm not saying that we should do that, but it's fucking deep when you really think about what like, yeah, I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'm not gonna get some fireworks and just like burn every fucking building. It's fucking copyright. Because like also like on top of that, it's like like understanding that metal show, this guy's not just saying that he's like screaming at the top of his fucking lungs. Yeah, and the whole fucking audience is like going nuts over. He's putting his whole heart and soul, yeah, his whole fucking being. And that's it. good enough. That's what good marketing is. You need to be able to, to come at it with such fire in your, it needs to come through in everything, what you're writing in your book. You know, you're gonna hear a good book, Seven Deadly Sins by George Hill. Or he's gonna let the tears apart to Seven Deadly Sins, talks about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and talks about his experience uh, singing in Slipknot and Stone Sour, and uh, you know, just about his journey. And I don't know, he would say they're not sins, and I'd say I don't fucking know shit about shit. Right on. <laughs> I might just start like going to MOSFETs and like instead of like and, and instead of wearing a hat, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start like headbanging, headbanging, head nodding from now on. Listen, you're gonna you're gonna see me, okay? I sat as summer 2020. You're not even gonna recognize who I am because I'm gonna look like a pop rocker, and you're gonna be like, oh dude, like you want to collab on music? And I'm and I'm just like, no, like I I can't even play. The guitar. I can't even play like a slide so guitar. So it's funny you brought up High Status Summit because also part of my part of my goal is that I intend to speak at High Status Summit and I want to play just one song, just me and the guitar, the song. Right? And that would that's essentially your way to promote your cry for help. I want to talk about it. 
big crowds. Not, not, I'm not asking to, to support my music so that I can go uh, snort, snort cocaine on stripper dances sure. and drink whiskey and make my clothes off. I'm doing because I'm, I'm, I'm putting together. Okay, let's talk about project number one. This, this one's a yeah, big one. I think your audience is well as my podcast. You got so, so he's got the, he's got the mic right there, here, and you got the smart mic. Sick. Uh, by the way, anybody who wants to find me, you can find me just go to YouTube and just type in Fester, F-E-S-T-E-R. I should come up right like in the first top one, two, three. I don't know. I'm right there. Hello, sure. Um, so, <laughs> project number Uno. Yeah. So my buddy, his name is John Smith. <laughs> Very Pocahontas. <laughs> he hates it. He hates it. And that would be crazy if like his like girlfriend's name was Pocahontas. It's, it's <laughs> All right. I should tell him the name of Pocahontas. He came up with this idea like ten years ago, back around the time of the Home Island Mountain accident. Okay. So he like called me out of nowhere. He's like, dude, we need to buy a factory. Like we could be able to play fucking music, and we're gonna turn this thing. Like think, he says, wait, tell me, think about the YMCA. Think about what the YMCA is for, for musicians, for young musicians that have no way that they can actually go and play music. Okay. So now it's kind of turned into like, well, maybe that'll be, that'll be like a vocation school. We don't know exactly. We have already had meetings with the mayor of New York City to, to make this thing come together. We. Ten years later, like like fast forwarding, the factory fell in our lap. We don't own it, but it's fallen into our lap for somebody who's your music. You're starting to bring the pieces together and now it's just a matter of like how are you doing this all yourself? No. Or, or do you have or do you <laughs> have a team of people like for help, man? Like that, because it's it's gonna be slow to slow that. I don't know what's in it. The fact that we have is in Utica, New York. Okay. Um, which if nobody knows Utica, New York, if you're a metalhead, Wayne Stanix from Utica, New York, or at least lived there. And uh, if you don't know that, like I think there's an old manufacturing Okay, and you can look it up, find out what you're doing. So that's where we have a factory. We met the person in the, uh, the mayor in New York City. And you know, I know people in the town, the smaller town, where we could probably get like three or four of these up there. We want to go statewide first and kind of do that. But we actually want this to become a nationwide thing. Not just for the sake of helping kids play music, but like we have a few, we have a lot of problems in this country. One of them being, I would say personally, I'm from a town called Man, West Virginia, and I don't know what the fuck happened to manhood. I don't know when it became a sin to be a man. And I also don't know what happened if men stopped stepping up to the plate and fucking men. So I'm very pro-manhood. I'm also very, uh, what's the word? Like, I, I, I'm also in favor of women. I, I love women, despite the fact that I've had some pretty, some pretty hateful relationships with for, for interview number two. Off the books. So we want that to go nationwide. And it's basically so that a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, think like think about the drums. Think about how loud drums are. To get become like a Joey Jordison on the drums. Or you name a drummer that he thinks like a just a crazy badass drummer. Robert Plant and okay, those are the first two. Which one is the drummer? I don't think either one of them was the drummer. I never definitely was never been. I think one was the same and the other. Travis Barker was the drummer. Travis Blake 182. Blake 182. Joey Jordison, Chris Adler, but Peter Chris. 
that Ringo Starr, I'm naming these drummers, it's not really the point of which one is like. To get good at any instrument, you have to hammer the fucking hell out of it. That's any, any crap, anything that's big, you have to just work the fuck out non-stop. So part of how I got to where I can sing and play guitar, as a kid, I was playing guitars until my fucking fingers were like burning. And when I was 18, I sat around smoking so much dope so that I could slow down and I just sung and I sucked and I sucked and I sucked and I sucked until suddenly after, not suddenly, like gradually, it's going to get a little bit better. It's that Kaizen principle that Jason talked about. Tell, tell us a little more about that because we're both going to mentor by Jason. Yeah, yeah. so it's Kaizen, it's, like, it's like a commitment to becoming a little bit better even every day, even if it's just like 0.01%. And sometimes when you do that 0.01%, there will be days where all of a sudden you notice, wow, I just jumped like 5%. And like overnight, you know, but if you didn't commit to the, the, the principles and the practice and the habits to develop that, you won't get the time. It is that one. So where where can a twelve year old kid, eight eight year old kid, sixteen year old kid, where can they go to play the drums for eight hours straight and somebody not get pissed the fuck off? In the sixties, you could go out to a bar and just play because they didn't have like all the technology and shit that we have now. They didn't have jukeboxes and all. And all Everything was just open mic. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was like a kind of weird kind of thing. Clubs, clubs would take the chance on you because there, otherwise there was no form of entertainment at all. Good point. And, and so they got to get paid while getting better at playing as a group. Um, so but you don't have that now. And the other part is that like, you know, during like at least the 80s and 90s, you had like the garage stuff. Well, something happened where people don't like that. People don't want to hear noise. Well, so where do the kids go? Like we're, we're just going to suddenly just not let music be a thing? Or, or we're going to go with only computer-generated music? Like, like with all due respect to you, Mo, I, I love your music, but it's not... It's, your music is my thing, but, but I'm very much in favor of the musicians sitting down and play together. Because to me, the music is that, like, the, uh, it's like a collaboration thing, you know? Like, like you have a message and you want to bring it... You're essentially your well, message kind of, is your my story. My kind of music is not that kind of music. My kind of music is not merely about dancing. It's more about storytelling than anything else. You know, like, and you can do that with Dave Kitchen. I mean, I've heard I've heard talk normal by Dave Kitchen. It's it's pretty bad. It's not pretending like it's not. I'm sure. But if you haven't heard it, you need to check it out. Feel free, faster. He's on Spotify. Not not that big move on Spotify. But uh, that's what it's called. Uh, so, you know, where can a kid go to get good at the drums? Uh, never mind guitars or getting guitars, basses, and fucking keyboards and drums all together in one room, being able to play for eight fucking hours and hammer it out and do it. And on top, you know, on top of that, like, you got kids getting into drugs or you got kids very frustrated. I mean, I don't know what the kids in Columbine wanted to do with their lives, but they apparently were Marilyn Manson fans. And, if you don't know what what happened there, I suggest you just type in Columbine. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. Uh, tragic things are happening in this country. You know, back to manhood, you know, in the town of Man, West Virginia, you know, it's kind of sad when you're seeing 21, 22-year-old kids running into schools and shooting younger kids or seeing kids of any age running in and shooting their classmates or, you know, the fact that, that there's like, like a crazy... Crazy high suicide rate among men right now. 
I, I don't know exactly what, what the numbers are. I don't really care. You don't need it, but it's just the fact that people are like, they don't love themselves or who they are. Like, they, or each other, like beyond like loving themselves. Like, what people have no fucking respect anymore. They have no gratitude anymore. They're, they're lulled, they're either brainwashed to sleep into victimhood and learned helplessness, or they're busy trying to figure out so much, what can I get out of you that, like, are you good enough for me kind of mentality that, like, 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 uh, what am I, what do you call it? I don't date anymore. I've been celibate voluntarily for a few years because um, I don't have time to prove anything to, to women or anybody else. And I found that women have mostly wasted my time. And some of that, I've wasted plenty of my own time. So like I, I hold myself accountable for my shit. And uh, you know, I've been with some wonderful women, and I'll say that a lot of the issues I learned over time were not as much them as I thought. Uh, on the other hand, they knew when they met. What they were attracted to me about was the fact that I had a fuck. And then they tried to get me to betray. Me. And made my life more fucking complicated. I, like I have, I walked away. It's all manipulated almost. I chose to walk into homelessness because after four or five years of trying to be good to one woman that I lived with, it had not come to the point of us of me actually kidding her. But I suddenly had a, a, a talk in the mirror with myself. That you, you've done good up until this point. If you stay in the situation any longer, it's going to turn into shit. And I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I, I've screamed at women until my fucking voice, my voice is fucked up. When I was 18, when I was, 18 I was a Gordon Taylor lover, lover singer. Today, I can barely even fucking talk. I feel that some, you know, I, I'm sure that it'll, so the, the point is I want to get this vocational thing off the ground to, to help young kids that they won't have to live so fucked up like I do. No, thank, thank God. And I don't, it's kind of, it seems I'm like, great. I'm grateful for all the fucked up things I went through because you learn the hard way. Right? I, I wanted to learn the hard way. True. Like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you had the pill in your way. Fuck that. I'm just going to do my own thing. But no, it seems like your vocational project is kind of like, Public parks these days now, they're starting to incorporate these skateboarding parks. Because skateboarding, the skateboarders, a lot of times they would like go like damage public property. And that was one of like the big things. And now I'm seeing all over. Not even these kids, all of us do. We all have all this energy. So we have to do something good that otherwise we're going to. If you have migraines, it could be you just don't do enough for your fucking body. You know, I've, I've experienced it firsthand. I jog now. I love jogging. Like, for, for so many reasons. Young, young guys out there, if you're, like, like going nuts over wanting to get laid and you're struggling, go fucking jog. Just trust me on it. Half of the benefits of you getting sex, you'll miss the sensational part of it, but all of the brain chemistry, you will get from running because it releases endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, and stuff into your blood. Understand, I taught myself brain chemistry in order to get myself out of the fucking psychiatric system. So, so believe this, if you have a mental illness out here, if you're committed, and I mean 100% committed to the process of learning it and all of that, you can, you can heal those things. But it, it's, it's also complicated. I'm not your doctor. I'm not your fucking life coach. Uh, I'm just, I'm just telling you, 
what has happened for me. So we want to we want to give that back. I also because of the coal mining story in West Virginia, uh, they're very dug in. They want their coal mines. That's because a lot of people don't understand that coal mining is more than a job. My my that's dad, so his dad did it. His dad. My great grandpa was in a, a mining accident where his back died. Wow. Thirty or forty years of his life was spent in a wheelchair. You know, and those people, they basically, they put their lives on the line. People talk about, well, it's dangerous. There ain't nobody that knows that more than the people, the men who go underground in man West Virginia. It's funny you say that because like one, of, one of the sports that I follow besides football, like I'm a New England Patriots fan, fucking diehard Boston sports, right? But baseball is a sport I played for a long time, and for a long time I was a switch hitter. I hit from both sides of the plate. That has nothing to do with like sexual. Like, don't insert. <laughs> by the way, don't like insert any sexual jokes about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know, baseball players, you bat right-handed or you bat left-handed. Okay, so just to clear that up right there. But the greatest, <laughs> the greatest switch hitter of all time was Mickey Mantle. Now, Mickey Mantle was this guy. He was about five eight, five nine, about buck eight, right? But he was fucking solid. Why? Because his dad worked in the coal mines and he grew up swinging. Swing an axe we as a little country kid, too, right? I live in eastern Pennsylvania. My sister actually, um, like, if you start heading west towards Pittsburgh, like Pennsylvania, it's like Pennsylvania, Maryland, where the steel West Virginia, and then Virginia. And when you start heading out west, like Pittsburgh is very manufacturing, but as you start heading out there, it's very soon. But then you start to see the environment change. It's more like coal mining town. You see a lot of railroads. And that, I feel like they were all, the steel, coal, railroad, they were all built off of each other. And there was a lot of, I don't know much about the railroad industry. I can tell you that the town I live in, in upstate New York, New York, has had, had back then the largest roundhouse in the northeast and i'm not going to go into what a roundhouse is but if anybody doesn't know look it up just if you want to know it because it's, uh, it's it is what it is and there was a lot of child exploitation in the railroad industry too from what i understand but i don't know much about this one kind of like bring it back to your vocational project it's just like you the vocational project this is now going to like solar Oh, okay. so so because because of the the coal mining stuff, and there's like all the environmentalists, because in Central Europe there's a lot of environmentalists. You know, in West Virginia they call them fucking tree huggers, and up in, up in like New York or California or wherever they see these West Virginians, it's a bunch of dumb, uneducated rednecks, and it really pisses me off because yeah. it's like if either one of you were to go to the other place, you'd probably be shocked how much you would start agreeing with them about a lot of things. You're just like. The I, think exposure. I think Republicans should spend more time with Democrats and Democrats should spend more time with Republicans. And if it pisses you off so bad that they disagree with you, then you need to learn to shut your mouth and listen to why do they believe what they believe. Yeah, you, don't have to, sell it. you don't have to <laughs> exactly yeah. you don't have to agree with them. You don't even necessarily have to even if you don't respect their opinion, that doesn't mean you can't show them respect as a person. Sure, you, you hear them out and you're considerate and under, try to understand their perspective. Like, for instance, I feel in terms of like diving deeper into like spirituality, like 
having having kids is like one of the is the greatest gift that a parent can give to the world is to have kids. And like we all want to have kids being safe and live in a world where you know they can create and grow. Whether it's um, your vocational project, which is to create music and to have a healthy outlet for people that gather around in this community and really just bring bring people together from all walks of life. But some people don't understand some of this stuff. How everyone, I feel like it seems like where politics goes wrong is there's an end result, but it's the means by getting that end That's result. That's why I hate the fucking government, dude. If it were up to me, the entire government would be burned the fuck down, and we as people wouldn't have to accept responsibility for all of it without a government. I'm a, I'm a, I, I don't even know if you call me a libertarian. Like I'm, I'm an anarchist. I want no... I almost believe in a weird way. I understand this is not exactly This is some like anarchy. If, nine, nine, if we all walked around with a gun on our hip in a lot of ways, I think the world would be a safer place. I know that's not 100% true. So, it's a, so before somebody tells me how fucking dumb I am, you know, I know. No, I understand that. I feel like one of like the big issues is it's the attitude behind the gun. Because true. if I'm a gun, I'm basically the cop, but that also is the mentality. I'm a man. I'm supposed to be a protector. I'm supposed to accept the duty and responsibility, not only to be a provider, a protector, and that for my family, but also, in a way, I'm my brother's keeper. Like, in my community, in the area I grew up in West Virginia, like, everybody's, everybody, you know everybody around you, there's a gun in almost every house. Yeah. And there's a lot of crime in the area, so it's kind of crazy that more people don't get shot, but people do get shot. It's, think think of it like this. Um, but I, I can relate to this very well because my dad grew up in communist Cuba and he moved with his family from Cuba to my, like, he immigrated right before Fidel Castro, like, right when he was coming into power. When he overthrew the president of Cuba, Fulgencio Batista, he, it was like right before Castro, like, really came into, like, his communist power and, like, his communist rule. And, like, one of the main things is, like, it's just, like, living in fear. But how, how can the people, how are the people always living in fear? The first thing they did was they took away the guns. That's why, like, I feel the places that restrict gun control the most are the ones that have the most crime. Why? Because... Anyone can purchase a gun, I feel like. Anyone can purchase a gun, but it's your right to protect criminals, yourself. Criminals don't give a fuck with the law. They don't give a fuck what the law is, but why trust, are... Trust me. And, and, but why are... Why, I feel like you mentioned it. We have a right to protect ourselves. We have a right to provide... And Second Amendment, man. As far as I'm concerned, if you restrict my right to bear arms in any kind of way, then you are taking it. That's how that's I am very much in favor of the NRA, of, of no holds barred. Yes, I should be allowed to have an AK-47. Why not? Government. I'm, I'm, I'm qualified to handle an AK-47 if I'm willing to go risk my life and fucking die for a corrupt government. It'll spend money on all this insane wars, making money off both sides of it. But I can't have one in my house to protect my own fucking family or community if some some psychopath ends up running into the school. Sure. You it's, know. it's it's very very strange, very different. But like I feel like it comes more down. See, to I respect also the immigration. I respect the immigrants so much who risk their lives behind it. But I have no respect for a government that does nothing to put a firm border and have a firm policy in place. This is the line. 
same time, like I said, I have nothing. I have more. I have more respect for most immigrants. Like I'd say, pretty much every immigrant I've ever met comes here with than, I, than, I have, than I've ever met for even even if they came illegally and worked illegally and, and were like working off the books and and all that because they actually fucking work. I have more respect for most immigrants than I have for most Americans. Despite the fact that I also believe my government should be doing more, like, firm, like concrete. Sure. And they, and, you know, and I don't know. It's, not, it's not about the immigrants. It's about it's about my government does not really give a fuck about me. Yet it does everything. It takes my money. It takes my money. My taxes. Taxation is theft. If you don't know that, then I don't know what to tell you. You're stealing my fucking labor. And if you're in favor of that, you may be that altruistic. But go look at the welfare state and. and study the feminist movement and the welfare state and MGTOW and and tell me that it hasn't corrupted the family. That's my personal opinion and I'm not alone. The reason that men and women are so torn apart, the reason that the divorce thing is so out of control is because men and women have not learned to find that like thing that yes, we need each other. We should not be like um like hopelessly dependent on each other sure. but we yes we need each other not just as men and women but as people we have to we are without each other you're you're fucking seven billion people on this planet right more does that not tell you we were not meant to do things alone yeah and it, it, Overpopulation? What the fuck are you talking about? It ties in. I feel like it really kind of like is trying to bring it to a circle of like a podcast. For my podcast, like we emphasize here like mastering art and appreciation, right? But a lot of people you have have to know how to how to go back and exactly a a lot of people both like at master art negotiation, there's three phases of communication. There's body language, how you say what you say, and what you're actually saying, right? Now, what you're actually saying is only 7% of all communication. 55% is the body language, how you present yourself, how you can say please and thank you and look somebody in the eye and give and respect the time and the value that they're giving you. But the other 38%, first grade algebra the other 38 percent is how you say what you say the body language and how you say what you say, how you present yourself that's 93 percent of the communication and the message that you're coming across now you have a very powerful message but somebody who you say is very similar to you has a powerful message but they can't they, 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 they how to deliver they're, they're not certain in their message they don't have body yeah. language and they, they can't they don't know how to say what to say in a way that, that presents them as an authority and makes people say, you know what, you can influence me, you can make a profound impact in my so life. A lot, of, a lot of young guys or men in general in today's age right now is that like there used to be in the old time culture, there used to be the idea that a man was the authority in their house. Damn right. I and, and it's like, it's not like people have this weird thing where it's like a woman being under his no, 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 no. If you think that, then either you grew up in, in a family where they did not like go deep enough into trying to understand things, or you just misunderstood what you were taught. And frankly, I think I've missed, I've realized the longer I've lived, the more I've done my own searching that there were things that I thought I knew that I later came to find. It wasn't that it wasn't true, it's just that it was one half of the point. There's this whole other side of it that they're, they're both true, but they kind of like, 
RDCS surrounded to the yin yang. Again, a paradox. So, so anyway, back to this other charity thing. So, I know we're starting to get, like, I don't know how long you want to go. I'm like, I'm all ears, and you mentioned that you had a, another project. The first project was, I want to make it really super cheap for people in the whole country, places like Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Man, West Virginia. You keep saying that town, Man, West Virginia, over and over. It doesn't matter because it, it doesn't matter how many times you say it because it has such a profound impact on you. And it's really like, like, like looking how. And first of all, I, you know, thank you for coming on just because like you shared your story and the way you're a visual storyteller and the way you present your message is almost like I could see the transformation. I could see this guy who was struggling, who had he had his demons that he had to fight, who had his addictions, but then you blows above that. You conquered that with the instead of feeling sorry for yourself and self-sabotaging yourself, you Still, the positive mindset. You become spiritually grounded, and now, and now you have this purpose where you want to use music as your main like message. Because in a lot of ways, while you say that I did all this, but I would tell you in a lot of ways, all I did was just survive a bunch of bullshit. I, I had things I wanted to do. But I you know I would be lying if I said that I made all this happen. I'm not afraid out in my life. I'm not that creative. I'm pretty creative, but I'm not that creative. You're just too stubborn to die. And then you're like, oh, fuck, like, light bulb moment went off there. But no, it's it's very inspirational. I thought I, I thought I knew what I wanted, and what I found out was that God had so much more than I could have and you essentially, in your message, would you say, like, instilling this positive mindset now, where you're essentially, you're high on life. If you become, like, born, like, where you just, like, because you born again. You became born again. It kind of, like, ties back to what you said earlier, which was, you know, when you were still in that Haiti, in that 100-mile car accident. Like, people can, like, they can fucking see that. And I would just like this. that every time I wake up in the morning, I'm born again. One more day. What the fuck am I gonna do with it? If you're saying the same shit different day. I think you got either a shitty attitude or you just don't understand. It's a new day. It's kind of just new shit. Take action. Like one of the things is like the default setting. Like get yourself to. If you want to live more powerfully, if you have a powerful message, if you can go in depth with people, like you did. You weren't great right away at having these in-depth conversations, but you practice every day, and now it's to the point where you're positive energy and, and just the, the vibe that you give off to people where you just let this energy go. It's it's free flowing. You're you're having an effortless conversation. Yeah, yeah, this, this is the first part. This is the first me like thinking about structure. No. And, 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 and this is me just and this, and this is just like an immersive experience for you. Just just because like we're we're free flowing, man. Like I want you to come on and have the best experience, but like expose yourself in a different way so you can get your message heard. And the most like relaxing, like we're in we're in Miami Beach right now. We're in Miami fucking. <laughs> Where else would you want to be? Yeah, there's like no other. I feel like there's yeah, no there other great places. But some, to but some people like that they they gotta be all like professional and like. You, so, see, you saw how I showed up here day one. I got my tattoos hanging out. I'm in a fucking rock and roll tank top. Everybody else is sitting around at a marketing conference. You know, in in suits, not everybody, but well, a good chunk. It's kind of funny. Uh, maybe that's why I, I attract Jason's tribe rather than say Dan Lott. Not that I don't respect Dan Lott, but Dan Lott kind of carries himself a little differently than Jason. What would you say if, like, 
just like rapid fire real quick? Would you say well, like your five top inspirations in your life? And oh, how you in my life? Gosh, I could go on. I mean, Jason definitely the one of them. Jason, I can't deny that. Corey Taylor, Corey Taylor is a huge one. Now, we're gonna separate my family out of this because we've already established that like my grandfather gave me a very, very firm foundation before anybody else could even start. Old fashioned family values. Yeah, I can relate like that. Gotcha. Aaron Lewis, let's see. Aaron Lewis, Chester Bennington, Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell. I think that was more than five. Yeah, that, that five. I, I could probably go on with a lot of them. Uh, Gene, Kiss, the band Kiss. That's Gene what I learned. Simmons, yeah. Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley. Oh, but that. Dude, that's what I learned playing guitar, playing Kiss. So if you want to learn about copywriting, you need to go listen to Kiss. It's not the aggressive, hard rock stuff. A lot of it's kind of lovey sappy, so you don't have to get over yourself and, and accept some of good ass, good ass love song like that. Some of them are good. I don't care if you listen to Kiss. Some are kind of funny too. Detroit Rock City, right? Detroit. They sang out Detroit. That's about a fan who was on his way to a concert. I'm not sure if it's, like, it's a true story or not. Get up, everybody, move that seat. Get down, everybody's going to leave their seat. You're going to lose your life in Detroit, Rock City. I know this because of. There's, there's another part to it where you like, there's a truck ahead. Oh! The very last verse before he goes, like, he hooks it right back into the woods. Fuck yeah. I, I, so what I would say. Hard rock woman. That was my song when I was a kid. Because a lot of this, like, I was thinking about it, like about my mom. Hard rock woman. I saw my mom. My mom was a beautiful woman, man. And she, but she, um, first of all, she put all this bullshit fucking makeup on her face. I remember being a kid looking at me like, mom, what are you doing? Like, you were trying to be something that you're not. Um, and, and I feel sorry for all women that sit and do that because they don't recognize that. But the true beauty it is with the women, but also like even taking their face with all that fucking shit, it destroys you. And, and kind of, it's like a, but they kind of look like a clown in a lot of ways. I don't say it never looks good at all, but yeah, there's there's overkill. There's overkill for it, and I feel like the reason why I like I feel inside of that. Because they care about their image, but they they care about their image it more from how like how how you can that out of your how beautiful am I on the outside? But it's like how you don't want to be a shiny object. You want to glow in it. Yeah, you want to just exude like this, just this confidence. You want substance, something important. So you want substance in a woman, or if you're a woman, you want substance, not what looks good. Same thing with your marketing. You want plenty of right? Not yeah, you get to know. You want foundation. Build on it, present the message in a way that exudes the principles and helps people understand what their problems are. And then, and the problem with that is to, 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 to get that, it's much slower. You have to slow the fuck down. And we live in just like such a go, 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 yeah. We could have just like had a song right there. <laughs> I bet I'll write it. Okay. Yeah, by all means, practice, practice the song. So I don't know if I said it. Uh, I, I was kind of alluding to it. I want to make it to where people in cold country get solar technology pretty much cheaper than anyone else can. Because they've been the most popular by, the, the, by Obama. I would say fuck Obama. I mean, to, to whoever out there knows more, I'm, uh, uh, 
God bless you. You know, I wish you all. But as far as Obama and my concerns and what I feel about it, fuck Obama. I didn't vote. I never voted for president. I, I would have voted for Trump had I voted for Franklin. I had to the government to fuck up Fuck Hillary Clinton. Fuck Bernie Sanders. Fuck every last one of them. Fuck the president. I'm saying but I really don't trust much of anybody, honestly. I do do the best I can to trust myself. And I even tell you. What you're saying is, um, how, how's a sex, sex appeal way that I can put it? It's like, take care, take care of yourself and fulfill your own life. And then that fulfillment, that joy that you, you have. should bleed over and over. Fill your own cup until it's overflowed. And then just bring other cups where you can start pouring. Where you can start pouring it again. But you got to keep your own cup full at the same time. You can't keep your own cup overflowing. You cannot pour into someone else. The other part is the other person has to, has to actually, uh, they can't be an empty vessel. They have to have that foundation. Otherwise, you're going to pour into an empty cup and they're just going to take and 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 they will drain. What would you say are some like healthy outlets outside of you that you're very passionate about? Maybe you say like some healthy like outlets for kids to because like in negotiation, right? Um, like negotiation, you know, you wanna be quick because sometimes something can happen, like maybe in your deal your vocational project. Exercise. Go swimming, go swimming, go jogging, like uh, maybe take an improv class or something like that. Improv, do yoga. There's like a million things to do. If you don't know. Take something. Don't let her figure out like what you want. You feel like trash. Jason says, "Eat at a buffet of life." I never had that problem. By the time I was, by the time I was twelve, I'd already seen and done so much shit that it was like I'd done had the buffet of life. I've ate so much of my share of the buffet of life that like you just went like you just put a second stomach. Yeah, my my daily meal is like so. Which which version of it are we gonna spend on today? I've made up shitload of money and I've pissed through like a candy. Money is here to spend. I mean, that's what it is. You can't take money with you. And you don't truly own anything in this life. You know, you, you own the rights. You own the right to pay payments at. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, so I want to do that. I want to set up a, I want to take, the, I want to set a new industry standard for festivals and the way that we host music festivals rather than having them be out in the middle of some field or even in an amphitheater where you have to drive to it. Uh, some of them are better than you can out for But I'd like to see it go to the level where they're hosted in resorts. Nice resorts. Huge resorts. And that's where you want to take your fish Yeah, and, and make it to where many things. Like, I want to put this festival together. If anybody's ever heard of the Family Values Tour of 1999, I was six years old playing Pokemon on the Game Boy Color. That's... <laughs> So That's yeah. my experience. Uh, so see if I can remember the band names. There was Stain, Corn, Filter, Fuel. I definitely, I'm pretty sure about all of those. I think Ice Cube was on the tour. I think Exhibit was on the tour. Uh, Got some big boy names out there. Yeah, it was it NWA or um, uh, there was another group, but I can't remember. Right it's not really, I can't remember exactly who. There was a bunch of them. It was, it was like a hip hop, rock and roll, sure. metal ish kind of mashup, which was also then where you had like the, the new metal thing. There's so many people bashing on new metal. I don't have to know because to me, new metal was one of the coolest fucking things because it, it was so cool. If you never listen to Slipknot, you need to go listen to it. 
to every single piece of and every single one of the Stone Sours album. That's Corey Taylor. He's a rapper. He's a fucking heavy metal singer. He's all of it into one. And he, his strip was just on pace with Eminem. Like Eminem spit shit fast. Buster Rhyme, Rhyme shit, spit shit fast. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Buster Rhyme. But he fucking spit shit out. He's got a song called Spit It Out. And it's fucking spit nonstop. Yeah. So anyway, there was this tour, uh, Family Values Tour. I want to take and bring that back with as many of those bands who would be a part of it. I don't know how to put that together. I mean, I've tried text messaging, you know, some 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 of the artists, and I don't know if I'll hear back. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. But I'm confident in Jason's network uh, and some of the networks that are like affiliated with Jason's network. And uh, you know. Continuing to talk about this instead of more people who are like, yeah, we can, we can see this because it's more than just the festival. Like bringing these people, I'd actually like to see country come into the fold too. So you like hip hop, country, and metal all kind of like coming together. Um, because some of some of these metal singers have kind of gone more country as they've gotten older, no doubt. Um, and so so anyway, negotiated in and with particular. Uh, for, for these festivals thrown in the resort is you get a room at that resort just by buying the ticket alone. That, that's, and that's not so much on the customer to figure out or the tour goer. That's more on like me, our, our event planning crew, you know, those of us who help get that thing put together. But the whole point is that we want you to be able to come. We want to, I want to set the help set the standard thing. Yes, you should, you should, could, would want to come to a music festival, show a Fester show, or an Aaron Lewis and Corey Taylor show, whatever. It's more time to promote your brand. You can bring kids. You have here if you have some drinks. Try to conduct yourself like a reasonable person. And for the love of God, do not drink and leave this place. Get behind the wheel. There's no reason to do that. Right? Don't put your life on the line just to come see me play some stupid show. Uh, but and especially for other people's lives on the line, also, if you have you have no right to do that. Driving is a privilege. Driving is not a right. For anybody that does not know that, driving is not a right. It's a privilege. And uh, if you're drinking and driving, you really don't deserve that privilege. Um, you know, and not that you couldn't be rehabilitated, but don't do that. Instead, get a room, crash. We've already arranged it for you. And like, look, I, like beyond it, I just want to, I want to do that. There's a specific, like, I want to host it in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Around, for, for, for a lot of different reasons. The date that I want it to be year after year would be April 20th. Uh, uh, and we're coming into the year 2020, and I'm saying 2021, 2022, 2023, but yes, I don't know much about branding, but I thought I smoked that shit up and, and go dead up in my pipe during fucking 20 years. 365 days in a year. And, uh, <laughs> there's something special about 420 that just smokes the competition, you know? But exactly. And, and, that, and that's branding. I want to do a year thing. It's a few days. It's not just one day, it's a few days. And then like, that's right around already what's already considered the bike week. And that's a spring break happens everywhere, but like I was a kid, there was an MTV spring break. It was a every year. It was like a yearly tradition. 
you know, I don't really understand. I don't watch much TV anymore. The last night when MTV didn't even play music. It's so fucking weird. It's all reality TV. So yeah, which is stupid because none of it's actually reality. So like, if you want to watch reality TV, you go on fucking YouTube. Or Instagram. Or be an asshole that has a podcast. Well, we all got to have our own We all have our own I feel like so much, it's kind of like you said, like reality shows have nothing to do with reality because they get sucked into TV and like, TV, it can it, it connects you to what's going on in the world, but you you're further away from connecting with people just face to face and more intimate. I'm like, what's on MTV? Fucking teen mom, sixteen and pregnant. What? Why not eighteen and and dedicated to becoming a fucking uh, rock star or fucking nineteen and and broke but extremely invested in marketing and becoming a fucking high level entrepreneur, having their own business and having a vision and what people can't live for themselves. There's some guy out there, I have no idea who he is. There's some guy out there who if you put this thing together where he pays donations or whatever, he accepts payments to to swim around cleaning the ocean. And why isn't that guy in the reality? We got teen, teen mom 16 and pregnant. My, my sweet 16 bullshit fucking I'm a, I'm a spoiled brat birthday party, but we don't have a reality show from the guy that's actually cleaning the oceans. What are we, when we put that shit on the TV, what are we teaching the kids? That's an old that's what's being taught. Shit. I'd say shit happens, and I'm not gonna to like condemn the, the people that that happened to. My mom was 16 and she had these half events such a fucked up life. So when you, when you talk six heads, teen mom and 16 and pregnant, I'm looking at it like, dude, I'm that fucking kid. Don't celebrate that shit. It's not fucking cool. Not, not because they're bad people, just because it's, the reason I'm so high strung and so fucking hard ass and a dickhead and so potty up and, and ridiculous. It's because I had such a fucking hard life as a result of it. I'm not like, I'm not crying about my life. I'm very happy that I had it as hard as I did. I had it that hard so that hopefully some other people don't have to like that. Even if you can help one person, the lessons that you learned can help them avoid the mistakes you did and help them live their best life possible. I think I've made just about every fucking mistake you've done there. I never shot heroin. But I got shot up with like incentives and it was really like heroin came my way. And I was, at the time, I was like not I was like I just got a drinking driving accident. I had smoked friends like I never really got heavy into that particular one. I'd already kicked cocaine a couple of times. And I just I was kind of like losing my sanity and it ended up in front of me and for whatever reason I wouldn't say it was my smart reasoning we we already talked about my logical reasoning and how that fucking worked out. I just luckily in that moment said you know I think I've already done it. And my buddy, like, he, he was already in deep too. And he was just really expecting a different notion of pressure. Because peer pressure is not something people do anymore. Peer pressure is something that you do yourself when you try, when, when you allow other people to influence your own and their opinion of you to be that important. And, uh, you know, you can't really, you can't hold somebody else responsible. And, you know, and it's like, it's kind of complicated because it's still a, it's a, it's a old monkey song and dance bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. That's one of my favorite words. Bullshit. Bullshit. Like what you guys call copyright, me and my me and my buddies used to call bullshit. 
Or here you are. <laughs> yeah, or the art and majestic oratory and bullshit. <laughs> Just take it with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? We'll do. <laughs> we got a couple sugar packets here too, and that's close enough. Can I cover all the? I, I did the festivals. I did, did the, the vacational school. I talked about wanting to make solar energy very cheap for West Virginia and Kentucky and Pennsylvania. And you're diving in like how you how you like brought it all to the table and how you try to like create the vision and Could tell your story. Yeah, you know, there's movie projects I want to do. If I go into the depth of it, will be like another two or three hours. There's movie projects I want to do. If you've never seen Pink Floyd, The Wall, you need to go watch it. And then no, I want to put something together like that. Corey Taylor wrote the album that I want to do it for. It's called House of Golden Bones. If you've never heard it, very simply, it's about a man on a spiritual journey. His name is Alan. That's my actual name, Alan. I go by Bester for I did a whole story behind that one too. For next time, if he's the wrong. <laughs> and and I was never a Satanist, but um, I got pretty sick and I actually kind of thought I might be close to that. But so there's there's a movie project. There's a, there's another movie project that I want to do. That's it's a it's it's my own original, basically the same version. The Wall, House of Golden Bones. I want to do my own one of those. Um, let's see. I, I got an I got a digital marketing agency that is super passionate about changing the education system. Right. Right. And uh, so part of that, I you know I know there's already some courses about. The history of rock and roll. I want to kind of not just me, but I would like to get somehow a rechronicle the the uh, the artifacts, the archives of the rock and roll hall of fame, right? About the history of rock and roll and its influence on America and the larger world, and also like it goes all the way back to the days of slavery. Like like the blues came from out of here. Part of what I want to do in my music's like I'm a metal guy, but really I kind of want to like kind of want to bring the blues back. I want to bring blues back with a little bit of a more metalish kind of day. You want to combine both worlds, but the message is still free yourself of judgment from society and how people like try to condition you to receive it's love. It's like, it's like you know. Um, because this is like very deep and like we, can, we can go for such a long time but like yeah. you were just mentioning about love look you hear if you hear some of my songs i can tell you straight up one of my songs is called fours and if you hear it it is one of if you listen to the lyrical content it is one of the most bitter resentful songs i love the song not because of what the message conveys but because of my, it's one of my better songs in terms of my lyrical skill that I crafted, like I really put a lot into it to, to get the rhyme structure just right. The, the words flow just perfectly. That's awesome. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, is to like really write at that deep level, you have to be doing it all the time. And I'm not doing that all the time. I'm doing copywriting and trying to sell shit. I'm like, I'm at dinner last night, somebody's talking about closing clients, but they don't give. It's like, I don't give a fuck about it. Yeah. The more I learned about marketing, I'd say it changed the way I write songs. Now I write much better. I actually think about what I'm trying to accomplish on the other side of the song. Before it was more freelance, but now because you have this skill that you've invested in yourself, 
with this skill and now you can essentially you can promote your own brand you can promote yourself and share your message and your your story through your music so think about a concert right like a musician a singer his entire job is not selling his own music it's selling everybody else if i'm, I'm gonna say if i'm gonna be able to get the gig I have to be able to sell tickets to the show. I have to be able to sell beer for the beer guy. I have to be able to sell hot dogs for the hot dog guy. I gotta be able to 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 I gotta be able to pay the artist to do my art so that then I can sell merch. Because people are more likely to buy a t-shirt than, than an abstract sound. Because as much as they love the sound and they, they do need it, even though they don't necessarily recognize the tangible the, the necessity of it. Most people don't recognize that we really are. If you, if you don't think you do, you just start trying to live your life with zero sound music. And every time you hear any music, most people love showing that. I don't have to say too much about that. But the point is, though, is that many people will not pay for music, but they will pay for a t shirt. And that's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of people that I have to add. To do it at that high level, I got a tour manager, I got a producer that's got to be able to get my job. Sure. As the as the fucking musician, it's like literally the last fuck. Yeah, you think I'm a big rich fucking rock singer, whatever, Aaron Lewis, Corey Taylor, whatever. Okay, I'm the last guy to fucking get paid. No, nobody's going to do shit for me unless I do shit for them first. And it's it's good in a way. But it's kind of annoying in a way too, because like you, you kind of heard some of what, what I was going off about last night. Like a lot of these guys are young, and it frustrates me a little bit to see. It's a very it was a, it was a very deep conversation. I'm not jealous of them. In fact, I'm very happy for them that they're as successful as they, as they are at such a young age. Like, but, but like I'm risking homelessness, and they're sitting there trying to get me to. Um, do my own closing and shit. I don't want, they don't get it. I don't want to be a marketer. I I need the practical experience. I would take, say you close a client for a thousand dollars. I would happily take that client for 350, 500 so that I can work on it. I'll let you keep the other, the other 500 or whatever. And you just say it's you doing it so that I can get more hands-on experience of actually doing it instead of philosophy. You're doing it more for the values, not for, the money and well, I need to, I need to be able to make some money. You need to be self You need to be able to make some money. The money's not the most important. The skill is necessary for for my mission. Absolutely, I know. But it's but as far as like the money itself, being like I think I've already established there are far better things that I would do with money than buy stuff. Again, I would drive a Ferrari, but I'm not and there's a ton of reasons for it. Um, so, so we've hit the education system, we've talked about the festivals, we've talked about solar, uh, we talked about the, uh, what was the other one? You talked about your journey, school. your vocational school, but just like your journey essentially coming out of your own lab hole. At this point, to now becoming like your own personal hero that's high on life and is your own inspiration but then the more people get to know you more they realize like wow this is like a really fucking compelling story so like i, I said back. so why do i want to give back and specifically why am i trying to get this message in front of as many copywriters a real moment for the every book you read every textbook that you read in, in high school all of your college shit your, your supposed education you don't realize you are being marketed to the whole time. What does Jason say 
and just copy like this. You are indoctrinating them into your values. You are indoctrinating them into your life. And so what I recognize is that marketing is what drives everything. Literally everything that's coming out of your mouth, everything that you ever see written anywhere, even if you think it's not, it's marketing. They're trying to sell you some kind of idea. There's a lot of bad ideas. But the idea that it the idea that it takes a village, I think it's very uh, it sounds really nice, but I wouldn't take advice from everybody. Oh no. oh no! And, and <laughs> all it takes is one bad. All it takes is one bad grape to spoil the bunch. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, don't, you don't want to be that rotten apple. Yeah. There are no bad grapes here on Dominic Deal. Did you know that an apple a day keeps dying? I heard that. The, I don't know the, the, the wisdom of faster. You know, here, here it is. I'm just reminding you. Did you eat your apple today? I had a banana. Is that close enough? It's not. They didn't right, say the banana day. I think there's, there's you, a, must, you must want the doctor to come see. I mean, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, take, it's cheap. Well, that's that's a whole different. Yeah, story. kind of like it'd be like um one of the like one of like the first rock bands I listened to was uh, Van Halen, and the very first song I listened to from Van Halen was Hot Teacher. And I saw like the music video, and I was just like, it was it was just incredible. And like Stacy's mom was yeah, a that's one that was pretty cool. Yeah, song. Fountains of Wayne, Fountains of Wayne. I can't believe I still remember that song, but like you know, just on a more like serious note, kind of I would say one song that ties into like your philosophy, spirituality, and like what you're doing to give back to the community. I used to listen to Nickelback a lot. Nickelback, was like saving Nickelback me. was especially good early on. I think they're still pretty good, but they, yeah, some people kind of become whatever. I got you, but the one song that really resonated with me was like, "If today was your last day." And like, the more I heard that song, the more I was like, "You're talking about how you're high on life, and it's like every day is a new day." Well, like another like kind of like spin off that would be like if today is your last day like you would have no fear you would have so much that you would want to do and see in the world and i feel like this has been just like a great conversation for you not because just because this is your first time being on dominate the deal and like i said i thank you for having me on having you on you had me on yeah full reversal <laughs> well I'm, I, did, I'm I, did, I did put you on to my channel too so all good man all good personal branding there but like it, it's more so like kind of like tie it all in it's like if today is your last day like would you be able to go up to that person it's like let go of just like every like that's like guilty association or like bad experience that you ever had to just like bring to make yourself more fulfilled and live a happier life so here's, here's what i'd say my mission is my mission and if i don't accomplish it then i just say well did i die trying Sure, you know, did, did I at least do put my best foot forward as much as frequently as I could? You know, you know, and also like where I'm at now, I don't really harbor any anger towards anybody as far as I'm aware. I maybe have some towards myself that I don't realize that I still have. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily know. And me too, because I didn't have my app. <laughs> um, so, so you know, I, I have a lot of creative projects along with these uh, these missions. Sure. Uh, 
I've, I've talked about, you know, a couple of the movies. I've talked about I want to speak at High Status Summit. Uh, you know, play this song Cryper Hell for you guys. I got the album Cryper Hell. I want to write the book Cryper Hell. I got another book idea called I. Here, here's copy. Ready? Headline. You ready? I'm not a rock star. I don't want to be. It's all your I'm the rock star, and it's your fault. <laughs> is that is that what you heard? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's like you could say like they're very open lie. That's like fuck you. I'm famous now, and I didn't want to. He's be basically that. just about about the bullshit, bullshit values of. of now, basically, if if the, what it takes to be a rock star is the guy that's going to be be the party animal and uh, the, that guy, or, or like, like here's frankly, like I'll take I'll take ten thousand dollars and throw it in a fucking camera, and the song will be, well, I'll keep your money, well, I'll take the money, well, I'll take the money, because the money don't be nothing to me. See, I, and I've like already got that. I got another song that's I believe in this, and it's like it's like it's like geese chases. I believe in this. You want to hear it? It's like it's like I had no Like I've got the song ideas, and that's the song. So I got the other the book. The, 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 I'm not a rock star. I don't want to be, and it's all your fault. Because as long as the image of what a rock star is supposed to be is this party animal, this this guy that strip, snorts cocaine off the stripper's asses and all that shit. I'm not saying that I can't get pretty creative with with with, with the visual arts. You got you got to roll it back to metaphors. Exactly. But but it's really deeper than, than you know like if that's what it takes to be that. And I don't want to be because because my whole like I like I said in the beginning I love Jesus and I respect the teachings of Buddhism and I uh, I frankly think that. Like I, I do think that there's a good thing that like cannabis is becoming uh, decriminalized and more like accepted. I also don't think it's a great thing that everybody is choosing to use it medicinally. Uh, and I think part of that is the, the hip hop culture, the, the rock and roll culture, the celebrity culture, or if we really look at a lot of the celebrities in the last 20 or 30, 40 years, 15, 16 years. Uh, it wouldn't be like they're bad people, but quite a lot of times, at least for periods of their life, they are not the they were not the kind of people that we really would want to be. Now, sure, life I feel it's just like a transformation. Right, and so and so I respect all those people because they they have been on their journey and continuing to, and I'm on mine. You know, but but if. And glorifying that party lifestyle is what I have to be. I'm not saying that you can't drink when you come to my show. I'm sure. telling you what to do. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I did it for years. I was a chain smoker for 15 years. And I left my great grandfather died of lung, lung cancer. I'm not going to do it. It looks cool. A cigarette looks cool. And it's part of the reason I smoke so long. Because the singers I look up to. You want to avoid pain by getting a false sense of pleasure. In other words, and I thought like, you know, right, the only reason I've ever been able to come up with like people's smoke is because it looks cool. I mean, that's 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 since quitting. You know, that's since quitting. I really thought that I have had a few friends from smoke and smoke it. And I said, you know, I look it. Yeah, it's like you know, Frank Sinatra smokes camel. And it's like, oh damn, like Frank Sinatra's a celebrity. If he smokes, then it, then it's got to be cool. Like everyone's doing it. Like this. it's that. Um, it's social proof. Yeah, it's 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 social proof. And, 
like I said, you know, last year, I keep in touch just because you have a lot of these projects going on. Stay in your mission, keep grinding, and keep grinding, man. You know, keep hustling. It seems like even if maybe you know you're alone, you're not alone. You're you're more than welcome. You you have us. That's that's to everybody out there too. I'm at I'm at www.fester dash like a hyphen fester dash blocks dot com. I'm on YouTube. You can search just type Fester F E S T E R. I should come up. It's a little cartoon figure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It says Fester Rocks Y'all. No punctuation. F E S T E R R O C K S Y A L L. I, I don't like this. Like, I don't hate that. I had to do that, but I really didn't like want to get right to whoever. I've been staring at screens all my life. And some, some people can't spell for shit. Well, yeah, and there you go. Yeah, true that. Well, I, I was a spelling bee champion as a kid. And I'm serious. I went to lots of them. And I was very good at it. I still am to this day, except that now the computer screens, we've got these phones that correct themselves. Sure, and what sure. I hate spell check. And, you know, I've been staring at screens all my life. Frankly, I'm tired of staring at screens. I'm tired of staring out the window. But from staring at screens and all that, like, I don't know if you call it dyslexia, but I have trouble kind of myself. Things kind of mess around. Fester-rocks.com. Fester-rocks, y'all, on Instagram. Search me Fester on YouTube. Join my mailing list if you want to learn more about rock and roll and how it can improve your copywriting. I love talking about it. I talk about rock and roll with you all goddamn day. Hip hop too. I like like music. I love fun talking about it. I love talking about this fucking big project. Like I, I still haven't even I still haven't even talked about like we talked about House of Golden Bones the, the, and the album and the movie project. Uh, when when a conversation starts, I usually picks up where it kind of like left off, and that's it's so powerful. And I feel like a lot of people just got some incredible insight. In the movie more and like I said, you know, I appreciate. I want to direct that movie with Rob Zombie. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I, and, I, and right, I think so. It's House Gold Bones one and two. Then I want to take the same music, take the lyrics off of it, and write House of Gold Bones three, four. That's fine. With Corey, J. and like you have this vision, but like you also got you know very vulnerable, and I think a lot of people can relate to people who are I struggling. Team. I need marketers with I. I I, there's no way for me to focus on those creative yeah, projects if I'm, if I'm digging around trying to figure out my Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And like I said, you know, you always have an open door to dominate your experience. I, I'm really glad that I came here to Miami and met you. Even though, even though it's been amazing. Even though you fucking bombarded me with questions one night, I'm like, you know, goddamn it. I think I was, I was kind of, it seemed like I was like kind of getting, getting yeah, the steam, steam slowly started to come out of my ears, but you really helped get me clarity but on what I wanted to do. But also you you really just you went so deep and we've we've gone in for quite some time now. But like I said, if any time in your projects like you hit a breakthrough or something like that, like I would love in the future to like follow like your projects for like how I want to. You are always welcome. And then location is cool. Yeah dude, definitely. And and there's a thing like you don't necessarily you don't have to have all those missions projects because by knowing somebody that has it, uh, you're contributing to it by by being a listener, by, by coming to a show, by because you're. I'm I'm planning. I'm going to make a charity project. 
10% of all my sales, whether it's the gigs I get paid to speak, the merchandise, or, or the merchandise I sell, like, like I'm planning 10% of that. I'm going to start setting aside to, to go towards these missions. And, and it'll probably, I don't know exactly how to come together like that, but the, the more people that are willing to, to help you make that, like, like you contribute to it as a copywriter simply by subscribing to my newsletter and learning how rock and roll will help you become a better copywriter. Because when you, when you support, when you become the better copywriter, you become the better um, marketer and you just like, Hear this stuff and then understand that, like Jason, I don't, I don't know that Jason knows all of these. Right? I know he doesn't know all these products. I haven't had the opportunity to go with this deep, Jason. But I've told you, you've been in the rooms, like while we're talking about some of this. I've mentioned these things in in ways. You know, it would, it would be great to be able to sit with him one on one and get to know him and know him more on a personal level, but share your vision with him. Because yeah. well, somebody out there, somebody out there that knows Jason better than me, that's like seen him a bunch of times, they can listen to it. Tell him Fester, Alan, whoever, but wanted me to hear this because it's really, really fucking uh, important. I know Bedros is apparently a drummer and a lot of people in Jason's uh, community know Bedros. I've never met the guy. I got respect for him. He's a drummer. Uh, he probably would get it about the, the learning to play drums for a twelve-year-old. You know, and I want the doubt. Frankly, I want to speak in front of any audience that will have me. So, so that I, I, will, I look forward to seeing you on there. And that's that's a great goal to have. And that's just persuasive speaking would be the best. Putting yourself out there and speaking one one person with a with a story, with a vision as clear and as ambitious as yours that I feel that I know you're gonna be able to accomplish, but you just you, you say it in such a way that it impacts people because it's your own unique story. Yeah, I'm a copyright. <laughs> and it's, power that, it's that goddamn copy. <laughs> it's that goddamn copy fester. You know, we're gonna sign off right here, but I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I have on the dominate the deal the dominate the deal experience. You are always welcome to come on at any time, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Right.